We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is November 17th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the man with a new mic, Luke mm. Sylvia. Luke, what's up, bro? New mic. We'll get to this, but shout out to the patrons. Big time. This this doesn't happen without y'all. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, going from my old mic to this one, I, I feel like I actually have a podcast now. Um, so that's good. But uh, yeah, Jonathan, we're... You mean the free mic that you got that I gave you? Right. The free one. Yes. Yeah. 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 The hand me down. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was a hand me down, but you know. Um We had a lot of good moments on that mic, but um, yeah, I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point in the week, Jonathan, I, I thought I'd be doing better than I am in regard to my magic related self. So I don't know. We'll 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 get into it. But uh at some point you just kinda kinda throw your hands up and it is what it is. Tonight was definitely a, a downer. We're going to get to all of that. Are you drinking a Celsius, by the way? Yeah. Those things make me feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I, For whatever reason, I cannot drink Celsius. The but orange, I know a lot of people are big on Celsius. The orange is my favorite by far. That's good. Respect. It's got a nice, much better than like an orange Gatorade, to be honest, like in terms of flavor. I don't like the orange Gatorade that much, but the orange Celsius, I like it a lot. All Celsius right, sponsor cool. the show. Thanks. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you know, tonight we'll talk about the games, definitely a downer, but, uh, Hito Turkoglu threw, threw us the follow on Twitter. So I'm actually doing okay tonight. Like Makes that really lifted bit. my spirits quite a bit, you know, feels good. Feels good. All right, let's talk. Um, we got a couple of things here before we, we get to the, We actually have a lot to, that we want to talk about before we get to the games. Just to be quite honest with you guys, the games uh, that we were going to talk about, um, weren't all that fun. So we're going to kind of push those to the back of the show admittedly uh before we get into that though coming up on friday we are again partnering with the orlando magic and Michelob ultra for another watch party uh the one to start the season was incredible it was tons of fun if you were there you know what i'm talking about but we're going to have another one this friday at ollie's in orlando 
on 3400 Edgewater Drive for the game where the Magic are going to be in Chicago to take on the Bulls and our old pal Nikola Vucevic. So that game starts at 8 o'clock. So we'll be at Ali starting at 7.30. There's going to be Michelob Ultra Specials. There's going to be Michelob Ultra Bucket Specials. So make sure that you guys come through. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, 3400 Edgewater Drive in Orlando at Ollie's starting at 7.30. Let's go through our midweek state of the Magic Luke. So we do this you know, on, on Thursdays. We do this on Mondays where we take a look at really the whole week. Um, but midway through the week here, the Magic are currently 0-2 and two on the week. They are now 4-11 and 11 on the season. They're in 13th place in the Eastern Conference. They have the fifth worst record in the league. Uh, after tonight, the Magic have an offensive rating of 110.2. If you're not familiar with offensive rating uh, or defensive rating, it's just offensive rating is how many points the team scores per 100 possessions. Defensive rating is how many points the Magic give up per 100 possessions. So they have an offensive rating of 110.2, which ranks 21st in the NBA. They have a defensive rating of 113.5, which ranks 24th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 3.3, which right now is good for 25th in the league. So having the fifth worst record in the league, you have 25th net rating, pretty much about where you should be. They're still fourth in free throw rate. That's A lot of it has to do with Paolo Bancaro. Uh, we all know that he's been out almost the last handful of games here, but the Magic are still sustaining a, a relatively high free throw rate which is really encouraging for a young team that at times struggles to score the basketball. Getting to the free throw line is always going to help with that. Looking at the injury report, Cole Anthony with the uh, torn oblique, Markel Fultz with the broken toe, Jonathan Isaac coming back from the ACL, Gary Harris coming back from the torn meniscus, Mo Wagner with the mid-foot sprain. All of those guys remain out. We had a couple of guys joined the injury report, unfortunately, uh, over the course of the last week and actually today. Paolo Bancaro has now missed the last four games due to a left ankle sprain. He's currently day-to-day. So a lot of people, including myself, saw that he was trending from questionable to a game-time decision. Um, I think that was for Friday's game against the Phoenix Suns. So I thought, okay, maybe he'll play. Um, He was ruled out of that game, uh, practiced on Saturday and then did not uh, practice uh, Sunday, and then did not play Monday against the Charlotte Hornets. And then he was also out Wednesday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jamal Mosley has said the foot is still sore. So he went through uh, the entire practice uh, on Saturday. Must have been sore on Sunday, I'm guessing. Probably was still sore on Monday because Mosley said on Tuesday after practice that Paolo was still sore. Uh, So he's still battling back from that left ankle sprain. And then today uh, we heard that Wendell Carter Jr. was going to be a game time decision essentially against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He has a right plantar fascia strain. Um, The injury report before the game started, he was ruled out. And then after the game, when asked about Wendell, uh, Mosley basically said, this is something that Wendell has been fighting for a little bit now and, you know, just needed to get some treatment and needed to miss the game. So He's also day-to-day, so we'll see what happens with him on Friday. Um, we didn't talk about this on the last episode because I'm an idiot and I, I forgot <laughs> you know, that we needed to talk about it. But now we've actually seen the city jerseys. We've seen the city floor. Luke, just give me overall thoughts on the theme. What do you think of the jerseys? What do you think of the floor? The, the best part of the entire rollout is the court. In my opinion, you can't go wrong with, you know, the the logo being all black, 
the court, you know, the outside of the court, uh, the paint, I believe, like everything. That's the theme, right? And it's, you know, kingdom oriented and you can kind of appreciate that as a magic fan that, you know, the magic are leaning into kingdom and all this kind of stuff. So I can appreciate it. I'm, I'm more about the look than I am the narrative of like really why we're doing it. Uh, I'm not huge on the font, but uh, I am I'm huge on the jersey. I will say that I, I do really enjoy the jersey. Um, just like I said, you really can't go wrong with a black jersey in general. Um, you know, you've got the you've got the was it the Navy on like the trim. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it, but like I said, the court for me is the part that I love the most, and I'm I'm glad we're away from orange, and uh, that's that's a jersey I would rock for sure. I think the floor is probably the best part of the entire thing. Now, that's not to say that I don't like the other elements of it, because I, I mm-hmm. truly love everything about it. Uh, I shouldn't say everything. I do wish the navy blue was magic blue. I, I'll still hold on to that belief, mm-hmm. but the thing for me is... We watched a 48-minute game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and until you mentioned the Navy, I forgot it's even on the jersey because on TV, unless it's right. like a close-up, you really can't tell, you know. So mm-hmm. it's not like it, it sticks out and it, it it ruins the jersey. I just, you know, it's I'm personal sure once they preference. Start sweating, it gets to be dark as well. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. True. It becomes a little um, dark and becomes kind of blending in the jersey there. That makes sense. I'll buy that. But in terms of like the way it's being marketed, the the kingdom on the rise, the mm-hmm. fact that they're leaning into the magic name, this kind of almost like medieval motif, like this font, you know, across the chest. A lot of people hate it. They think it looks like New Orleans. I'll ride with that. Like I'm okay. I, it does look like New Orleans, but I still like it. I I don't think it looks bad. Uh, the thing that does look bad, again, we've talked about this, is the fact that it's still the the same numbers that we use on all of the other jerseys, like. We've talked about this. Hate to have to make this point again, but if you're going to go that bold with the with the font across the chest, you got to switch the numbers up for me. That's just kind of personal preference there. And then, uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that they're leaning into the magic name because if you don't, then why are we called the magic? Like, if you're not going to lean into the name, we're just a team that you know has pinstripes and has stars in our in our logo. If you're not going to lean into wizard. it, then what's the point? Bring back the wizard and not the not the you know Washington Wizards, which I still don't understand. You had an NBA team and then you will name the magic and then you allow the bullets to change their name to the wizards. Like to me, that just didn't make a ton of sense, but it kind of is what it is. I guess across other sports, like the NFL, you've got the Seahawks, you got the Cardinals, you got the Falcons, you got the Eagles, like they got all, all kinds kind of, of stuff going on. So um yeah, it, it is what it is. I wish that they wouldn't have done that. But yeah, bring back the wizard, like really lean into it. I, I, I don't care. Like the, the stuff that we saw last week and pun intended because it was stuff, the mascot doing like the magic tricks, like during the timeout or whatever. I'm, I'm all for that. Let's, let's lean all the way into the magic. Some people think it's cheesy. I think it's really cool. Like if you, I'm into like the vintage, you know, the, you know, like a lot of people are, it's, it's becoming a lot more popular, but specifically like vintage Orlando magic shirts and hats if you look at some of the old shirts with like wizards on them they're insane they're really really Mm -hmm. cool looking 
So just lean back into that. I would I would absolutely love that. But yeah, the court is amazing. You know, kind of like the the chainmail look in the paint. I'm a big fan of that. The black trim all the way around. The kind of the the floor has kind of this kind of gray wash to it. Like you said, uh, the big you know black magic logo in the middle of the floor. I think it looks great. Um, I'm excited to you know get my hands on it. What I'm trying to decide is which player's jersey that I get because the statement jersey that I have coming is Paolo. I already have a Franz Wagner jersey. I have Markel Fultz. I have Jonathan Isaac. I'm thinking of going Jalen Suggs. I don't have a Jalen Suggs jersey. It's funny that between the two of us, you're the one that has the Jalen Suggs jersey. I know it's that true. you have since you know had a change of heart recently. Um, it's true, but yeah, it's it's funny that uh, that I don't have a Suggs jersey. But I really like the city jerseys. I really like the floor. I like the marketing. I, I just really like it. It's much better than the orange. And like I said, they can lean into the magic stuff as as much as they want, and you won't really hear too many uh, too many complaints from me. Okay. The last thing, and this is going to be kind of the biggest part of this conversation, I think, before we start breaking down the games of the week so far, there's just like, I don't even know how to, it's, it's frustration. It's like, it's almost a little bit like toxic. Like there's an animosity and a hostility and almost like a resentment amongst the fan base right now when you start talking about the Orlando Magic. And it's for a few different reasons. I think really, Luke, Everyone's just tired of losing. Like we for the most part of ten like the last ten years, we've been losing. Like you have two seasons where you make the postseason where you had a really special run in eighteen nineteen and you know you, you beat Toronto in game one and the next year you beat the Milwaukee Bucks in game one. But we all know that the team wasn't really going anywhere. It was just fun to have any, you know, resemblance of, of success at that time. But for the most part, the team just hasn't been good. And we looked at how talented this team was going to be. And then once you see how good Paolo is already, it's like this team could possibly even exceed expectations. If you would have told me when we were talking about, oh, maybe the Magic are competitive to the play-in or maybe they make the play-in or maybe they're close at the end of the year. If you told me that Paolo was going to be this good, I would have said, for, I, w- I just would have said the playoffs. I would have I would have said that and I would have been wrong, right? We We know that things have not gone our way so far to start the season, but there's a few things going on. There's the RJ Hampton drama, right? I think we'll we'll start there. Um, obviously, plenty of injuries, like a crazy amount of injuries right now. And then people always have this sneaking suspicion that because of Victor Wembanyama, because of Scoot Henderson, because of like the Thompson twins, these really incredible prospects that are set to be at the top of this, you know, next summer's draft, that the team might just be purposely losing games and. It, I can't lie. It did feel that way last year. I do think there was something to that. There may be something to it this year. I really don't know, but I want to have the conversation, Luke. Let's let's start talking about RJ Hampton though, and and just kind. Of, what are what are your thoughts on this whole situation with RJ? I mean, you you've heard kind of where I came from. A couple episodes, I laid it out there, and I said there's they didn't pick up his option, and all of a sudden we're seeing that he's just not getting the minutes that we think RJ Hampton deserves. Uh, and it, it stinks to to see it play out because he has by far and away proven himself as honestly, one of the better guards on this team. He has become as of right now, of course. Yes. But he has become uh, the go-to like in terms of, if you tell me like Luke, who on the team is like a make something out of nothing type of player. 
it's RJ Hampton. Shot clock winding down. RJ Hampton gets into ISO with a few seconds left on the shot clock. I feel like he's able to knife his way through the paint and at least put up a floater or something there uh, in the middle of the paint and make a shot go in. And he he did it tonight, I think. I don't know if it was to, when the shot clock was expiring, but the play completely broken down. Nobody was moving off ball. RJ Hampton took matters into his own hands, got to the hoop, uh, and was able to to make the shot. So it's like, those are the type of things I'm like, man, he really can. He is very capable of making something out of nothing. And I don't think it was the case last year. So to see that happen, it, it just really uh, irritated me. If we look, Jonathan, at his last Let's let's just I'll go through the list, Jonathan, of his games. We'll start at the beginning of the year and I'll just list minutes played for RJ Hampton in those games. So game number one, well, I'll just go down the list. Like I said, 11 minutes, 16 minutes, nine minutes, seven minutes, 24, 21, 20, 20, 17, 8, 10, 56, 10 minutes, 56 seconds and uh, 10 minutes, 21 seconds. And then tonight played 10 minutes as well. If you will see, there's there's a pattern there, Jonathan, right? Like when he was playing 24 minutes, uh, I believe that we were just simply extremely thin at the guard position at that point. Um, and then what you have basically three 20 minute games in a row, 17 minutes. And then all of a sudden he's playing eight minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, like his last four games. You just cannot convince me. And it is exactly what I said a couple shows ago, Jonathan. You can't convince me that it's not just a, a, a business thing. We didn't pick up his option. So we're basically we're playing him on a minute restriction. That's what it feels like. And I think that's what it is. So just to give you know folks who, who may not be as up to speed on, on the situation and what we're talking about uh, so far on the season, um, you know, now through what are we? We're four and eleven, so that's what fifteen games now. Um, R.J. Hampton, at least coming into tonight, uh, was averaging uh, fifth, almost fifteen minutes a game. Uh, he's he's played in in twelve of the Magic's uh, fifteen games or fourteen games before tonight. I don't think I'm looking at Basketball Reference right now. I don't think they're updated with uh, tonight's uh, stats, but uh, was averaging six point eight points per game three rebounds, two and a half assists, uh, 0.7 steals, 0.2 blocks, 1.4 turnovers, um, has been shooting 50% from the 50% from the floor, 50% from behind the arc. Um, just really playing well. And excuse me, that's, that's one and a half rebounds. Rebounds are a little bit down this year. Um, but in every opportunity that RJ Hampton has been given so far to get minutes, like you, like you mentioned, he has a tendency to make something out of nothing, whether that's breaking guys down off of the dribble and getting to the rim, whether it's hitting a spot up three, whether it's it's hitting a, a three off the dribble. Like RJ Hampton has, has been making things happen. Um, sometimes that's chase down blocks, you know, in, in certain situations. We've seen him make big plays on both ends of the floor. And where it was the case last year with RJ Hampton, where he would have stretches of just like not looking like an NBA player, quite frankly. And we go back to you know July, the beginning of July, when he's playing in summer league, and we expected RJ to, to come in as as now a third year player and dominate in summer league, and he looked terrible. And a lot of us were questioning, like, is RJ Hampton even an NBA player at this point? And whatever has happened between then and preseason, and now into the regular season, 
He's just looked completely different. If you would have told me a year ago that at some point this season I'd be begging for RJ Hampton minutes, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy, but that's the case. And it's not sometimes, it's not every couple of games. It's every time that RJ steps on the floor, he looks great and he's making things happen. So the question has just become, what is going on with RJ Hampton? What is going on with his minutes? Uh, we know that he left his agency a couple of weeks ago. He left, uh, you know, Lyft and, and being represented by Mike Miller. Um, we know that the Magic declined to pick up his fourth year team option on his rookie scale contract. And now he's just not being put into the game. And credit to Kobe Price, who after Monday's game against the Charlotte Hornets asked, uh, asked uh, Coach Mosley, you know, what was going on tonight that, you know, RJ Hampton just really couldn't get minutes and he gave, Mosley gave this you know response um, that I didn't really buy, to be perfectly honest. That they really liked what you know Terrence you know gave the you know defenders a, a different kind of look, and then Kobe kind of followed that up. He's like, "Well, what's just been the case like all season long? Not necessarily tonight, but RJ just doesn't seem to be able to to crack the rotation." And Coach Mosley said, uh, "It's because we're trying to keep two starters on the floor at all times." And my response to that was, again, I didn't believe that. But we right now, we have arguably three NBA guards that are able to play right now in Jalen Suggs, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton. And sure, Jalen has probably had like the, the, the higher peaks this season. But if we're talking about just like a consistency basis, every time they're on the floor, RJ Hampton has been the best, most consistent guard out of those three. So that just didn't make any sense to me. And people are understandably frustrated and confused about what's going on. And a lot of people think that it must just be a, a tank job by Mosley, just purposely trying to lose games. And if you look at Mosley's body language, like tonight especially is the Magic were down 27 in the first half. They cut the lead to nine in the fourth quarter. And he's going crazy on the sideline, you know, pumping his fist, clapping for these guys. Mosley wants to win these games. Just thinking about this the last couple of days, this is kind of the conclusion that I've come to. If if you just take all of the evidence that we have, and and I'm I'm building my map. I've got the the little thumbtacks. I've got the string going from different points here. You know what I'm saying? I really believe that this, and and I'm not the first person to say this. Like I, I wasn't even sure of this when people first started to say this, but I I now am, am, am subscribing to this line of thinking. This is over Mosley's head. The, the way that he's kind of scrambling to find an answer when asked about this. And it just doesn't, it doesn't line up with what Mosley has been preaching in terms of like accountability and leveling up. And if guys are making mistakes, they're going to be sitting next to me on the bench and so on and so forth. Mosley is the kind of guy, if you play well, he's going to reward you with minutes, right? Like we, we've seen him sit Mo Bamba. If Mo Bamba has not been playing well, Bull Bull has basically taken all of Mo Bamba's minutes and deservedly so because he's been playing he very well. He ripped for those starting. People, he ripped the starting lineup the other night because they weren't doing anything as far as energy. Like he is holding people accountable. I'll let you continue your thought, and then I also have one more thing to add just to further this. Yeah, the last thing that I want to say is, it's if it truly is over Mosley's head, and he's being questioned by the media, what is he supposed to say? Is he supposed to say? This isn't my decision. It's the front office. Is he going to throw the front office underneath the bus? No, because he would be fired before he could make his butt <laughs> back to his office. Mm. Also, even if that wasn't the case, even if he wouldn't be fired for throwing the front office underneath the bus, 
that publicly undermines his authority as the head coach in terms of I'm the one making the basketball decisions on an on a night to night basis. I'm the guy deciding who's on the floor, who's not on the floor. He cannot come out and say that uh, to the media. I feel bad for Mosley because if that is the case, he's almost in a position where he has to lie. You can't just come out and say, you know, we decided that RJ Hampton is not part of the future moving forward. The front office doesn't want us, you know, playing RJ Hampton, yada, yada, yada. This is all speculation. I have nothing to go off of. I'm literally just trying to make this make sense at this point. And to me, that's the only thing that makes sense. And I feel for RJ Hampton because he deserves to be on the floor. Yep. And I, I just hope, because we've seen the front office do right by players again and again, I just hope that once we eventually get healthy, because it, God, I, I have to believe that that is coming at some point, that you move RJ Hampton to a, a better situation where he has a real opportunity uh, to earn minutes. Yeah, fully agree. Another thing I want to add, Jonathan, I'm getting my timeline, okay? I, I have firmed up the timeline. And real quick, we'll go back to what I was talking about, which is RJ Hampton's game log. He plays 24 minutes and 37 seconds against Charlotte on October 28th. That night is the night that Kobe Price reports that RJ Hampton, the Magic, have uh, not picked up his fourth year option. And that was that draw. He dropped that. I just checked. He checked. He dropped it like 10.03 p.m. that night. Um, then from there on out, Jonathan, he plays his. That's where it kind of feels like a, a, a solid thing. 21 minutes against Dallas. Then you're 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 17, 8, 10, 10, 10. There was a steady decrease in RJ's minutes after the magic. Well, Don't pick up the option there. Which was the game where it like dropped down like super low because it was at twenty. Was it, it around so the he, Oklahoma City game? So okay, so uh, against Sacramento, he plays seventeen minutes. The game before that, he plays twenty. The next game against Houston, he gets his DNP coach's decision. Then, which I left out. So there's that right there, sandwiched between um, the seventeen minutes against Sacramento, the DNP in Houston, and then eight minutes against Dallas. Um, and those are kind of, that's the Oklahoma city. He played 20 minutes. So essentially once Jalen came back and was like solidified back into the rotation, that's where we see the minutes for RJ start to drop off. Like the magic have invested the number five overall pick in Jalen Suggs a year ago. Mm -hmm. They, you know, RJ was kind of like almost like a throw in, you know, to the, the Gary Harrison, Aaron Gordon trade. And you just have a lot more invested in, in Jalen Suggs than you do in RJ Hampton. Yeah, it sucks, you, yeah, but you I mean, can't. I just I can't think of a, a a more realistic scenario of what's happening. You can't convince me otherwise. I mean, you literally all you have to do is sit down and look on Basketball Reference RJ Hampton's game log, look strictly at the minutes, and there you go. And then you look at his stats, and you're like, wow, this is a guy that should be playing way more than ten minutes a game, and it seems like he is at a ceiling of that right now. He keeps hitting it, it over and over, and I'd be shocked if that changes because once these guards are back, Jonathan, RJ Hampton's done. Like he is not going to enter that rotation. He's not going to crack it at all. Not just a 10 minute limit. I think he gets DMP after DMP until he is finally traded. It just really, really sucks for RJ. I mean, tonight, yep. uh, let's see how many minutes did RJ Hampton play tonight? I think you already mentioned ten. this, but yeah, 10 minutes tonight of all nights. That's just like the yeah, writing is playing, on the wall. Like it's, it's crazy, man. 
yeah, I, I feel for RJ because, like I said, if you would have told me a year ago that we were begging for this kid to be on the floor, I would I would have said no way. And he's just played so well in every opportunity that he's been given this year. Um, and like talking about accountability, like you, you're you're preaching accountability to your team and a guy who is clearly earning minutes for whatever reason is not getting minutes like that accountability talk only goes for so long. And that's got to be creating some kind of, I guess, awkwardness in, in, in some pockets of the locker room, you know, for RJ. So I think it's, it's best for the team at this point. It's best for RJ. If, as soon as guys are, are back, you know, you, you move on from RJ. Cause like right now, what if, if something happens to Jalen Suggs or something happens to Kevon Harris or, or Terrence Ross, like you're going to need, you know, 20 minutes out of RJ. So they can't afford to trade him right now, but, I just hope that for his sake, uh, you know, he, he's traded basically as soon as guys get back. And then to talk more about injuries, you know, Paolo Bancaro now being out for four games, Wendell Carter Jr., you know, now missed the game tonight. And so that's Wendell Carter Jr., Paolo Bancaro, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, Moritz Wagner. That's seven, seven rotation players that you're missing. Uh, when you would normally have like a, a nine or 10 man rotation, like 70% of the guys that you want to be playing on a nightly basis are out right now. And you have all this you know, positive momentum from beating Golden State, beating Dallas, beating Phoenix. You've got Charlotte, you've got Minnesota. All of a sudden, we're, we feel like we're we're staring down a four game win streak. And then they just lay an egg against Charlotte. No Paolo Bancaro, right? You're like, okay, well, maybe we'll get him back for Minnesota. No Palo Bancaro. And then Wendell Carter Jr. is out. And like I said earlier, people are just sick and tired of losing, especially just due to the fact that we cannot stay healthy. It's not even that the guys who we think are good aren't necessarily good. We, we are not even getting the opportunity to see that play out. So I understand why people are feeling just like frustrated and like defeated. And, and a lot of people are just, completely fed up and and I do understand that to a certain extent um but when we when we sit and we we read these articles you know that, that Kobe Price put out like people are asking for like the media to ask the team questions Kobe Price literally did this last week he had an article that came out on Markel Fultz Jonathan Isaac and Gary Harris and when people are talking about oh we're we're purposely holding these guys out Markel Fultz had a scan a little over two weeks ago that still showed that the fracture in his toe was there, that it was not fully healed. Regardless of how the, we talked about this, regardless of how the kid feels, you have to protect him from himself. If you have to protect him from his, himself, rather, if the fracture is still there, you cannot justify putting him on the floor. Odds are the fracture is not going to heal. If he's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night on it. And that pain is going to come back. He hasn't been feeling pain for the last several weeks, he says, but until that fracture is is completely healed, you, you cannot put him back on the floor. Talking about Jonathan Isaac, the kid has not played basketball in over two years. Yes, it's going to take a long time for him to get back in basketball shape, especially if he's not able to play five on five every day. This home stretch, I'm sure, was really big for that. But now the team's going to be back on the road, like back on the road, home, back on the road, home. We're not getting a two-week homestand probably ever again. I don't I don't know that it's ever happened in Magic history, but it's not a very common thing to happen. And then Gary Harris, you know, Kobe 
outlined this in that article, but this was Gary's first ever surgery. Gary has had other injuries in Denver, like nagging injuries that took him a while to get back from, but he never went under the knife. And some guys, they just heal more slowly than other guys do. And you know, Gary in that article says like he's, he's taking it day by day. Some days he feels great. Some days he doesn't feel great. So the fact that, you know, or, or this idea that we're purposely holding these guys out um, to, to lose games, I don't necessarily buy that, you know, especially people are talking about Paolo, like holding Paolo out to lose games. Like, yeah, three weeks into his NBA career, we want to piss off our number one overall pick uh, because we wanted to try to draft Victor Wembenyama and Wendell Carter Jr. for that fact. Somebody made this point on Twitter today. Two of our best players are both signed to Lyft, and we're trying to piss off Lyft by holding guys out that want to be on the floor. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree more, man. I Listen, I don't know at what point that you look at training staff. I know we've talked about a lot of these injuries are freak injuries or whatever. It's just so hard, and I'm not going to act, and I've said this before many times on the show. I'm not a doctor. We have a brand new training staff this year. I, I Listen, uh, but but seven? Well, yeah. What's I happening? Know. I, listen, I get no, it. No. Like guys can be injury prone. Um, I hope Jalen Suggs isn't an injury, you know, injury prone kind of guy. But tonight, like he starts limping on that ankle, and we're like, "Oh, here we go!" Right? And and it just seems like, you know, I could already see people getting negative on Twitter about Jalen Suggs and just his. How do you not love that stuff. kid, man? Did you did you see his post game tonight? Mm-mm. No, I haven't gotten to. He basically said, "There's there was no way." He's like, "If I can be on the floor right now, I'm gonna be on the floor." He's like face busted up ankle hurting he's like you gotta tough through it he's like this is the nba it's a physical game he's like I just, i'm just trying to prove to my teammates that no matter what i have to do i'm going to be on the floor it's a physical game and and he's got to be in the top one percent of physical players that's for sure yeah. especially at his size are you kidding me yeah yeah big uh big jalen suggs fans here you know luke uh you know newly uh a uh, a born again Jalen Suggs fan, you know, uh, just yeah, uh, just absolutely love the kid. Uh, I understand it's frustrating, you know. I I don't think there's anyone that's more frustrated than us. Like you should see our group chat every time one of these guys is is listed out. Like Kevin has to each time like talk us off of the ledge because <laughs> we're just like I don't know how we're gonna get through another game of this. I don't know how we're gonna sit through this entire game and then talk about this team for forty minutes to an hour after we're going to subject ourselves to to watching this game. I get it, man. The team has been bad for 10 years. We we really, at the beginning of the season, when you see how good Paolo is, you start talking to yourself and do crazy possibilities once we start getting guys back. And it's just like every time you feel like they should be back, it's like, nope, we're gonna they're pushed off a little bit more each time. And it seems and closer each time, but it also seems further away. So I don't know. I... I, I don't think that Jamal is actively tanking in the way that maybe you know, last year when we were playing Ignis Brezdakis, you know, heavy minutes towards the end of the season last year. And, you know, there was a, a, a kind of some other stuff going on. Um, I, I just feel like this team is too good to tank. When, when we're healthy, I feel like this team is going to be too good to tank. And, um, yeah, I just feel like if, if guys really want to be on the floor, um, and, and who was it? It was Vagberg. So if you guys... If you're on Magic Twitter, you're you're familiar with Vagberg. Shout out to him. He made the point 
that uh like I, I think it, I think it was Vagberg. Maybe I'm it could be somebody else. So if I'm misquoting Vagberg, I, I apologize, but um I think it was him. Could be wrong. <laughs> but someone at least tweeted out that if the Magic were really holding out Jonathan Isaac when he was healthy and basically, you know, altered his contract because he did not match that uh like you know, specific requirements of games played to where his contracts became, you know, partially non-guaranteed and, and non-guaranteed in the future, the players association would be suing the crap out of the Orlando magic. If Jonathan Isaac felt like he was healthy enough to play. And at this point was basically being cheated out of money. The the NBA players association would definitely have something to, to, to say about that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't believe that, um, the the team is, is holding guys out on on purpose, at least not at this point. Um, hopefully, it's it's not too much longer. We can get guys back, and we can put all of this behind us, and we won't have to worry about it anymore, Luke. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would be nice. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We gave a shout out to our patrons uh, a little bit ago. Uh, like we mentioned, they help us pay for Lukey Boy's new mic right there. Uh, every dollar that comes into the Patreon, if you guys are curious, all of it goes back into the show. We don't take a dime out. Everything goes back into doing awesome giveaways for you guys, uh, purchasing more resources for the show, purchasing better equipment, to, just to try to bring you guys better content. Um, so if you would like to be part of that and help financially support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three tiers of benefits that you can choose from again. And every little bit is a huge, huge help. We shout out our brand new patrons every episode. So I want to go ahead and shout out our boy, Jason Feltman for coming through at the rookie tier. Really appreciate your support, Jason. It means a lot. And then our boy, Jamel Miller going from the all-star to the hall of fame tier. So yeah, we shout out all of our brand new patrons every episode that we have them. And then on every episode, we shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons, which I'm going to do right now. I'm going to start with the Court Cousins and then our boy Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, 
Julio, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Goated Fichot, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, Woot Woot, Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Breadhead, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Brandon Grace, Chad3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95 Shred, Junior Barus, Half Recon, and Fredo Nation. Thanks to our Hall of Fame tier patrons for everything that you guys do. Uh, we literally can't do the show without you guys. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. All right, Luke. As uh, painful as these two games were, uh, I do want to talk about them uh, just for, for a couple of minutes here. So Monday versus Charlotte, obviously, when we smacked the Charlotte Hornets a few weeks ago, they're missing a ton of guys. They're missing LaMelo Ball. They're missing Terry Rozier. Uh, in this game, they were missing Gordon Hayward. They were missing Dennis Smith Jr. LaMelo Ball uh, made his season debut a few days before this game against the Miami Heat. Uh, in that game, he didn't really look that great. I think he uh, definitely looked a lot better against the Orlando Magic. Um, he hit a, a few big threes uh, in this game, specifically down the stretch. Luke, this was, um, I don't want to say it was the most frustrating loss of the season. I think uh, my frustration after this game was just kind of like a culmination of everything. Um, RJ Hampton not getting minutes. Uh, Paolo Bancaro being out, all of the other guys being out. This was a, a game that you had a chance to extend the win streak to three games. And and really from the opening tip, the Magic just came out flat. Uh, didn't have a lot of energy, weren't playing with a ton of effort. Uh, they got themselves into a hole, and uh, quite frankly, they could just never really climb all the way out of the hole in this one. And you know, winnable games this season, especially while, got, while guys are out, um, are going to be tough to come by. So when you have an, a, an opponent in front of you that you should be able to take care of business and get a W, you, you've you got to take advantage of that. And unfortunately, Luke, in this one, the Magic did not. They lose 112-105 to 105 to the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, um, obviously we don't want to spend too much time on this, but um, I, I will say that if there's a, a a game that you can start poorly in and still feel like you got a shot to win the game, it's a game against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, obviously, just getting LaMelo Ball back into the rhythm. Um, but you just do really dumb things to get yourself down at deficit at half. What You're down uh, 13, I believe, at half to Charlotte. Uh, in this game, Jonathan, you have... Let's take a look here. You have 22 turnovers to their 13. You just can't do it, especially when you've got a, you know, a guy like Paolo Bancaro, your stud, as well as everybody else out. You cannot give Charlotte the, the go-ahead, the jump-ahead, the advantage by just turning the ball over with stupid mistakes. You go down 13 at half, and then you win the second half by six, but obviously that's not enough. You lose the game by seven. Like It is... It was super infuriating to to watch us out do something we don't usually do, which is outshoot the other team from the three point line. The Magic shoot a better percentage, and they make double the amount of three pointers as Charlotte. Charlotte is just able to fend you off long enough to win this game. Um, I really believe that. Obviously, if uh, the Magic lost to the clock in this game, when it came to the second half, it just felt like it was a matter of time before the Magic were going to fully chip into this lead and get the lead, win the game. Um, super frustrating game to be a part of. Like you said, 
up there for the most frustrating losses of the season solely because it's a game that you know you're able to win three games in a row which you didn't do last year at all now is the time you're able to do that and um you know you 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 hope for certain things you hope palo's ready to go at the start but like i said you just cannot give them the advantage in something as pivotal as the turnover category 22 to 13 turnovers is just inexcusable against a team like charlotte yeah, you're outscored 64 to 40 in terms of points in the paint. Mm-hmm. Any time that you lose to a team where their leading scorer is Mason freaking Plumley, you, <laughs> you just you did not try hard enough. Like it just mm-hmm. is what it is. Like Mason Plumley was making Mo Bamba look bad. He was making Wendell Carter look bad. Um, yeah, just really, really frustrating performance for the Magic. Kobe Price had an incredible question uh, after the game. He asked, you know, Mosley, he asked, Franz, he asked Mo Bamba this question. He asked, at this point with this team, do you all, doesn't it seem that the, the team should be past the point where uh, like effort and energy like should be an issue? And to Franz and, and Mo Bamba's credit and, 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 and sort of you know, credit to, to Mosley. So Mosley danced around this question. It, and that's really was like his whole post game press conference with Kobe it was like Kobe asking like hard hitting <laughs> questions. And Jamal just kind of like dancing around and, and not really giving an answer. And we've talked about why that was the case with RJ. He can't come out and you know, say the truth if that is the truth of what we suspect to be the truth. Um, but when asked about the effort, um, Mosley is not going to be the kind of guy to come out and throw these guys under the bus. Steve Clifford, one of the things that I loved about Steve Clifford was he would come to the podium and just flat out say our best players didn't play well enough. If our best players don't play well, we don't have a chance to win these games. And then he would just get up and he would he would walk out. And I I love that about Steve Clifford. But Steve Clifford is is definitely more of an established head coach at this time than Jamal Mosley is. Obviously, this is his first job, second year in the league. One of the things that he cannot he cannot do is start to lose the locker room in any sort of sense or fashion. So, although I would love for him to to call out the team publicly, he doesn't necessarily need to do that. If he's not doing it publicly, that does not mean that he's not doing it into the, in the locker room, you know, and, and telling these guys. If we if we go back to uh, the game against the Boston Celtics, you know, early in the year where the Ma- the Magic are making a big run and and Cole Anthony misses that dunk, he, Jamal's asked after the game, "What did you think of, of of that play from you know Cole? Does he just need to lay it up?" And and Jamal tried to dance around a little bit, and he and he kind of conceded. He's like, yeah, he he just needs to finish that play. Like it is what it is. Uh, but Franz and Mo both said, like, yeah, this team we should be past the point where effort and energy should never be a question. And, and to me, that was the most frustrating part. And um, the Sacramento game is is probably the most frustrating loss of the year, and just kind of the the fashion that you lost that game. But this is right there for me. Uh, yes, you're down, guys. You know, guys are you know, out of the lineup. Um, but just th- this team talks about accountability, and everyone's been talking about leveling up. It's not just Jamal. And part of that is just learning the things that you can't do. I understand it's a young team, but they know what they need to do on a nightly basis to win games. And it starts with energy. It starts with effort. Like you said, you can't let Charlotte get out to a, a start, kind of jump ahead of you to start the game. Magic were just literally never able to get back in this game. The Magic never led. This game was never tied. It was a wire-to-wire victory for the Charlotte Hornets. And yeah, definitely one of the, the most frustrating losses of the year. Moving on to tonight, Wednesday night, the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I don't 
I don't like to be the guy that like you feel like you lost this game before it started, but with now seven rotation guys out, no Paolo Bancaro, you know, you were hoping to get him back tonight, no Wendell Carter. It was just like, all right, let's let's see what we can do in this one, you know. And Minnesota, you know, to their credit, got out to a, a big lead in the first half. They were up as much as you know, 27 points a few minutes before the half. The Magic go on a big run in the the second half, in large part, you know, due to Jalen Suggs playing really, really well, able to get the lead down to nine. Um, but you know, D'Angelo Russell, who wasn't playing all that well until the fourth quarter, he starts getting a little bit busy in the fourth. Uh, really put the game away for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards, we can talk about Anthony Edwards, especially in that first half. He was incredible. He finishes with 35 tonight, 12 of 20 from the floor, hits seven threes uh, between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. They get 65 points out of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, their they're, you know, best players were their best players tonight. They were really good. Um, Bull Bull had a, had a decent night. I mean, the career high 26 points, but it's on 21 shots. Uh, still 57% from the floor. Um, I think with Bull Bull, like for me, I would just like to see him get to the free throw line a bit more. But it's so crazy the way that he's able to move around, guys. He really doesn't have to take that contact. He's just able to finish over anybody that he wants. You know, good games. You know, out of you know, Franz trying to do all that he could to keep the magic in this game. A, a great game out of Jalen Suggs. Um, but yeah, I mean, 16 turnovers tonight to to Minnesota's 10. Minnesota did a great job of taking care of the ball. Uh, a 16 turnover game for the Magic, like you'll you'll just kind of take that at this point. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, for me, Minnesota, you know, just the better team tonight, more talented, uh, shot the ball better uh, than the Magic did, 52 percent. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, 45% from the Magic. Uh, Luke, what did you think? There's certain nights, Jonathan, where you're just going to get out-talented, Tid. And the Magic absolutely had that happen to them tonight. You cannot get off to the start that you got off against the Timberwolves. You're down 25 at half, similar to the Charlotte game, but even more magnified because Minnesota is actually a good team, in my opinion, uh, with just a lot of talent. So very frustrating. If you look and go back and watch the beginning of that Timberwolves Magic game, you'll see that the Magic are are just fine at the very beginning. And I'm talking very beginning when the score is like 4-4. The Timberwolves are already, and it became a theme throughout the night, the Timberwolves are already settling for perimeter jump shots, but they're not making them yet. But on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the court, the Magic are also settling for jump shots. I believe you had Franz Wagner with a pretty early in the shot clock turnaround jumper that he just clanked. Um, you, it just didn't seem like there was much urgency. You were down way too many players to not be urgent until the second half. You outscored the Timberwolves by seven in the second half. You outscored Charlotte by six in the second half. There's a trend there. You you get a fire lit under you. You don't want to get embarrassed. You know what the score was at halftime against both these teams. And you just turn it on too late. You give them way too early of an edge. The Magic don't get to the free throw line enough tonight. The Magic have too many turnovers. Magic have done well. And like you even said, like we've tipped our cap to the Magic in terms of being able to get to the free throw line here as of late, even without Palo. Tonight, just weren't able to do that. I think they shot 17 free throws, 16 free throws, something like that. For a team that averages almost 24, I believe almost 25 free throw attempts a game, you're in the top 10 in the league in free throw attempts. You need to get to the free throw line consistently to give yourself a chance, especially in that first half when momentum and tempo and all of those things 
go into factor and are the most important part of the game like that is the most important time to establish momentum uh get your home crowd into it you get into that second half jonathan that home crowd's gone like they might be there in the seats but they're gone so you just can't do it you you cannot put yourselves in that deep of a hole especially against a team like the timberwolves who maybe the record doesn't imply it what what's their record their record is seven and eight I'd take seven and eight. But anyway, I think they're better than a seven and eight team. They've got more talent than just being a seven, eight team. You just you can't do that. You you can't get away with what what happened tonight. And you also like you just don't have the talent to once you dig yourself a hole, you don't have the talent to come back. Magic get it with a nine. But I think we all knew at some point the stars like D'Angelo Russell were were going to come out and, and score at least a couple buckets to really once you put together a run, they're always going to have an answer. Yeah, I think, um, you know, right now, even when we talked about, you know, if we had Paolo, we had Wendell Carter, with with this team being as young as they are and still learning to win, the margin for error is so small. When you have this many guys out, the margin for error is non-existent. You have to play 48 minutes of almost perfect basketball if you're going to beat a team, like you mentioned, struggling, but as talented as the Minnesota Timberwolves. And credit to the Magic, like, always they didn't give up they kept fighting we saw the second half run like we saw all last year to the magic's credit this year you know those those runs haven't been quite as you know they haven't needed to be quite as big to get back into these games this was like a a last year second half run by the magic where you're down a billion and you're able to cut it to single digits and you're just not able to make you know uh, the deficit any smaller than that down the the stretch of this game like you mentioned, you know, not enough free throw attempts tonight, 17, missing Wendell, missing Paolo. It's going to drop down a little bit. For me, as good as Franz has been this year, and he's been incredible as of late, him, he, he always goes for the finesse finish. And sometimes he tries to make it a little bit too difficult where he could just be absorbing that contact and getting to the free throw line. I think that's going to be the next kind of evolution of his game. When he realizes that and stops settling for some of those shots and starts, you know, all right, I've got four free throw attempts on the night. I might be able to get this to six or even to seven if I, I'm just a little bit more, uh, you know, looking for that contact. I think that's going to be big for Franz. But him and Bull Bull, it just seems like guys are in front of them and then they're, they just dan- dance around them and they're at the rim. So you can't argue with it all the time, but you would like to see Franz, you know, initiate contact at least a little bit more on some of these drives. But like you said, you got out. I think you said out talented Tid yeah. uh, tonight. So, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, we need guys back. That That's really what it comes down to. Paolo, the fact that he was, you know, trending towards a game time decision and then couldn't play Monday. Uh, it doesn't seem like he practiced on Tuesday and then he was out uh, tonight. Hopefully we get him back Friday. Um I don't think that Jalen Suggs was like sending shots at anybody with his post game uh, you know, press conference. I don't know if the other guys on the team even listen to those kind of things, but if I'm Paolo and I feel like I'm like 90, 95%, maybe I was thinking about waiting till I'm a hundred percent to come back. But if I hear Jalen's post game comments from tonight, I'm like, you know what? I'm getting out there regardless of how my ankle feels. I'm getting out there. I don't want Paolo to get hurt. Obviously, that is not the case. That would be literally the worst thing that could possibly <laughs> happen to this team right now is if he like actually got hurt. But um, yeah, I, I just I want to see some guys back on the floor yeah. relatively soon here. And 
with Paolo, it does feel like every night you have a chance. Like if we had Paolo tonight, even without Wendell, I don't think I'm going into this game like, oh boy, here we go. But that's how I felt going into that game. I was not surprised at all at the result of that first half. I was a little bit surprised at the result of that second half when we started to come back. Because when Torian Prince fouls Jalen Suggs and gets ejected from the game, I texted you guys. I'm like, this dude knows this game's over. He's just trying to hit the showers before anybody else. Just he, he He's back there eating his cocktail shrimp in the locker room with his feet up watching the rest of this game. And then Jalen Suggs is like, wait a minute. I, I still got a, a few uh, tricks up my sleeve. And um, yeah, this game, the second half was fun uh, to a certain extent. The rest of the game uh, really was not fun. And uh, yeah, so three and four on the seven game homestand. I predicted four and three before the homestand started. Um, we almost got there. It feels like that Houston game, obviously the Sacramento game could have went either way. Uh, Charlotte, Minnesota, you could have picked up a win there. Like the Magic, if you look at everything, the Magic had a chance to go undefeated on this homestand. You should have beat Sacramento. You lose in overtime. We know we should have beat the Houston Rockets with yeah. Paolo and Wendell. Maybe you beat Minnesota tonight. You, we know we should have beat the Charlotte Hornets. I think with Paolo, you probably do beat the Charlotte Hornets. But um, yeah, it's it's encouraging to know that most nights, I mean, really at this point, it's like every game except Minnesota tonight didn't really feel like you had a chance. Maybe you had a chance at the end there. Uh, and then the New York Knicks game, you know, yeah. earlier in the year. Like it's it's two games now to 15 where you didn't really feel like you had a chance to win. Yeah. For a young team, I will I will take that, Luke. Uh, to finish the week, we'll be in Chicago. We won't be in Chicago, unfortunately. The team will be in Chicago Friday night to take on the Bulls. That game starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then the Magic will have their uh, first of two away games uh, in Indiana on Saturday. That game is going to start at 7 o'clock. Luke, how do you feel about these uh, final two games of the week? Got to get them. Got to get them, and and not only do we have to get those, we have to get players. And I am hopeful, probably naively, and being overly optimistic that we can get a Paolo or Wendell back. That would be great, Jonathan. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I will say, um, the Magic and point differential are minus two point four right now. To give you an idea, any all the teams below him, it's the Magic at minus two point four, and there's a huge drop off. Hornets minus five, Lakers minus six and a half, San Antonio minus seven and a half, Houston minus eight and a half, Detroit minus nine point seven. To give you guys an idea, last season the Magic were minus eight in point differential, which is obviously a ton. So the Magic are right there with teams that are really in the play-in for the most part, like at least in the discussion or even further up in the standings as far as point differential goes. Get this team back healthy, get get a couple of wins in the next few need to finish the homestand what three and four so uh, it could be worse surprisingly but it is frustrating looking back and saying magic could have probably won a couple more of those games no doubt you got to make up for it this weekend so the indiana pacers right now are seven and six the chicago bulls are six and nine nice um nice. so yeah uh hoping to get a couple of wins here to, to end the week here especially if you get paolo back you get wendell uh, we saw videos today of Cole Anthony taking some jump shots um, at the Magic shoot around. So I don't know if you've ever like had any kind of like core injury or even if you've had like a hard ab day at the gym. 
if you go out and try to shoot some jumpers the next day, like your core stretching from that motion, it's very, very uncomfortable. So I think um, that Cole is starting to feel a little bit better with that oblique tear uh, just from my, you know, WebMD, uh, you know, diagnostic exam of, of we're that not video far that we from saw. Thanksgiving. If that is the right. timetable we're still looking at, I couldn't believe it. I looked at the calendar and I was like, Thanksgiving's next week, just for the sake of it being Thanksgiving. Christmas decorations coming out soon. Hopefully that means Cole Anthony will be back on the court soon. I would I love just, some coal in my stocking this year, if you know what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I respect yeah. it. I respect it. Yeah. I do. Hopefully he's uh back like way sooner than would be acceptable to get coal in my stocking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hope I mean some coal in my Thanksgiving turkey, I guess maybe would be the appropriate. Mm. Um, but that wouldn't really make a ton of sense either. We need let's to just get some show. guys back. Can we just all agree <laughs> on that? Can we get you know what? It's so funny because Everyone was on such a high after beating Dallas, after beating Phoenix, and everyone's just like really down tremendous after these last couple of games. And it's going to be funny, I think, once we start to get guys back and you win like, I don't know, three out of five games when those guys come back or you win three in a row or whatever, and then everyone's gonna be like, all right, yeah, we're going to be just fine. And I still think that's the case. Yeah. I still think we're going to be just fine. I understand when you're in it like we are in it right now, and we have been in it for so long. It's tough to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it seems like it's coming. We, I feel like we've been saying that for two years now since Jonathan Isaac went out because then it was, <laughs> what, six months later, Markel Fultz tears his ACL, and we. it just seems like we've been in this spir- spiral of injuries ever since then. You know, when we were... You know, going to the playoffs in in eighteen nineteen and and nineteen twenty. Whenever we would have guys out, whether it was Aaron Gordon with an ankle, or you know Vooch with with an ankle, or Evan Fournier with back spasms, whatever was happening, we were never having these conversations of like, why are we holding guys out so long? Because in my opinion, it was one or two guys at a time. It wasn't seven. <laughs> like seven hits different when it's everybody at the same time, and you feel like your whole team is on the bench. So I get why people are, are 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 frustrated, but um, I need you to hold on. You know, heaven is a place not too far away, like my boy uh, Justin Bieber would say. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. If I'm I'm being perfectly honest, we didn't get any wins uh, so far to start the week. But don't forget, when we do, every day after a Magic victory, you can get fifty percent off your Papa John's online order the next day with code Magic Win. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Ray!